I think all of us wanted to be magicians. Yeah. Down the line, we kind of get this idea that okay, magicians actually don't have powers. What's your take on it? How do you know they don't have powers? Oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> we are we are getting into some uncharted territory now. Hi, this is Innocence Theory, a podcast where we come in armed with our curiosity and natural ignorance. on stage performing to the audience being streamed live to all of Japan 4000 5000 people when they saw it there was a gasp like <gasps> at the same time this guy next to me could see exactly how i was doing it and then he goes ahead and explains to the entire audience how that was done <laughs> that was one of the moments where i got off the stage and thought i'm done this is part 2 to the episode a window into the world of a magician If you haven't already heard the first episode, check out the link in the description. We have Vinky on the camera and of course Rishav, the magician. We just saw an amazing trick right now. I handed over a piece of post-it that was always there on my table. You managed to levitate that because there was a conversation on levitation and Vinky wanted to know if levitation was true. So that's the context. So that happened. So what goes into doing a magic performance like that presence of mind mm-hmm. playfulness and years of practice so when you say presence of mind what mm. do you mean by that being completely present paying attention listening reading between the lines of whom of the audience yeah of the audience being in tune with the audience So I'm not really thinking okay this would be a good opportunity to demonstrate this. It's more like just letting it flow. He brought it up, I felt an opportunity arise and it felt like it just happened. Unless you're present, you can't allow things to happen. What is playfulness? Where does that figure in the three things you said? That's more of a personal thing for me. I am playful. I have a playful naughty personality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I like I like messing with people. <laughs> like approaching this not from a place of oh can I try this will it work versus hey I see an opportunity here let's try this let's take a risk just have some fun. That's an interesting boundary to break where you have no fear of the uncertain right? Do you feel uncertain about your own capabilities as a magician or are you saying you're past that boat right now? If you actually think about it, it's not uncertainty that we are really afraid of. If you had a fear of the unknown, then a child being born would be afraid of everything, would be afraid of the world. But a child is curious. They don't know fear until they've touched something that's hot and then they become afraid of it because they know this is something that's going to hurt me and then the fear comes in. to protect them it's a protective mechanism i've had my own journey with fear as well so it's definitely there i i would say you don't want to try and struggle to get rid of it because then you're fighting against a part of you that's trying to protect you what's the fear that you worked with fear of stage stage fright huge fear of mine there's a point in my life as a teenager that I had failed so many times on stage like I would prepare a presentation for an entire night rehearse a hundred times flawlessly but the moment I had to be in front of the classroom with people looking at me 
my hands would start shaking like system shut down i hated that i was like what's the point i i have all of these skills but then the moment there's people in front of me i can't do anything but then magic does not see seem to be a natural direction from that standpoint of you having <laughs> stage fright so how did that happen yeah it wasn't so which is why i was i was a solitary magician most of the 10 years before i started i would do magic just in front of the mirror <laughs> i would just perform for myself and be amazed by it we'll be back you had stage fright you've taken up magic as your profession which demands you to be extremely precise on the performance and if you fail it, it kind of brings down a lot so yeah. <laughs> and you end up failing more often <laughs> yeah. how do you go around it if you make it about you then it hurts the moment you realize that uh, it's not so bad after all when you fail it's really you that are feel that is feeling the worst not the people around you uh the people around you are just having a good time and some people will feel kind of sad and sorry for you it's like oh no magic fail ho gaya <laughs> and but most for the most part people are just feeling even happier because usually fails are funny because you, you the way magic is right you build up a moment and there's a climax to that and it's like something's going to happen and then it doesn't happen it's hilarious <laughs> so i've just learned to appreciate that and laugh along with the people so if you connect it to your identity to who you are you feel like oh i'm a bad magician you guys must be thinking i'm such a silly weirdo i can't do anything that's what gets you depressed that's what gets gets you feeling low and struggling with failure people are not really judging you you are mm it's you that's hard on yourself but there's still there're going to be people in the audience who might not be your best audience persona they might be hecklers mm. so what's your take on them and how do you navigate those situations that's a good one a heckler is somebody <clears throat> who wants to bring you down who wants to heckle you while you're performing so what no matter what you do they will say oh i know how you did that you put it there that's how you did it they will bring you down they will put it down and usually it's not just the magicians who dislike hecklers everybody in the audience also dislikes the heckler because nobody wants their experience to be ruined i will speak of one of my biggest fails this was a a show for sony big show mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. being streamed live to all of japan 4000 5000 people in the audience <clears throat> I'm on stage big show big pay so the way I led into it was I did I did a trick and then I asked how many of the people in the audience were able to figure that out and there was one guy who raised his hand I didn't realize he was a heckler mm-hmm. so I kind of gave him a round of applause and then said why don't you join me on stage for this next demonstration which I thought was going to be heckler proof this guy comes up and I did this this effect on the stage where unfortunately because of the way the lighting was set up and because of the point where he was seeing it from he was to my right and the audience i was performing to the audience everything everyone in the audience was completely stunned mm-hmm. when they saw it there was a gasp like <gasps> and at the same time this guy next to me could see exactly how i was doing it 
which I didn't realize. So then after I did that, he's like, can I say something? Any non-heckler, any person would have just let it go. And then he goes ahead and explains to the entire audience oh. how, that, how, how that was done. Yeah, there was there was pin drop silence. <laughs> oh God, I mean, I felt sick to my stomach at the time. <laughs> that was one of the moments where I got off the stage and thought, I'm done. Magic is not for me. Well, how did I handle it? I was like, well, looks like that quickly went from a magic show to a magic exposure show. Mm. And everybody laughed in the audience. I also laughed it off and then went ahead into the next demonstration. Somehow finished that demonstration, got off the stage. I wanted to disappear. Worst thing is I had a second set after that. So it was 15 minutes and then another 15 minutes. So it's like, how am I going to go back and face the same audience after that? So I sat and I just processed everything I was feeling. Really allowed myself to feel that in, in that moment. Like, I don't want to do magic anymore. This is not for me. I hate myself. All of that, you know, not trying to stop it, not trying to to say, oh, no, I have a next performance. I've got to focus on that. But really letting myself feel, go through that experience and and just witnessing that, witnessing that experience as it happened. And then it passed. And then I was like, well, the next 15 minutes cannot possibly go worse than this. <laughs> And I was incredibly confident. I came onto stage for the next 15 minute round feeling like a boss. And the next 15 minutes went so, so well. But to talk about how I dealt with the failure, acceptance. Acceptance. If you fall, you've got to accept that you've fallen. If something's gotten screwed up, you've got to accept the consequences of it. If you reject the consequences, then you're rejecting a part of that experience. I accepted the, the consequences fully and I moved forward. That's a lot to do with life also. You just kind of, you do something and then you say, all right, these are the consequences for it and then you move on from there. Yeah, but it, you don't fail most of the time on stage. How have your dogs reacted to you performing magic with them? Do you do you see animals respond differently as compared to humans when you show a magic? You have two pets, right? Yeah. So it's very similar to how a child or any person would react to magic. Really? Yeah. Like where did that go? It was <laughs> right there, usually with treats with dogs and they're very, very clever. You put it into a hand and and then it disappears. They will first they will first look at that hand and then they will look at the other hand. Ah. And then when you show that hand empty as, as well, they will look down. They will search for it. Yeah, it's it's quite it's quite amazing to to witness how they respond to magic. Something just disappearing. So They're in confused. that sense, animals are a much better audience to magic as opposed to you. <laughs> no, no heckler dogs. <laughs> yeah, mm. it's just non-verbal though. They're not saying it, but you can feel it. You can feel it. You can feel it. Yeah. Fascinating. So what do you have in store for us today? Do you have a coin on you? Oh yeah, we do. We uh, do? Rishav goes ahead and performs this amazing classical illusion of disappearing a coin. A very simple trick, yet very powerful. Then he breaks down the trick to reveal why the illusion really works. 
third time, there is no attention in this moment. You see, this is an insignificant moment. Uh-huh. But from this moment on, when I've got the coin, I'm placing it into this hand. That's when I'm leaning forward and I'm telling you to pay attention non-verbally. But the fact that when the magic really happened, not the magic, but when the, yeah. the work really happened, the trick was way before when you were actually not properly paying attention. So you will remember the points that I want you to remember. And that will create for you in your mind a flawless magic experience of a coin disappearing. But it's all it's not all about deception. Deception still is a is a word that mm. that has negative connotations. Mm. But it's deception it's just part of the process. It's not to fool you. It's rather to give you this this experience of wonder. Yeah. It's like a child when, when they're born and they're just looking at the world. Everything is magical to a child. And we lose that the moment we start to, to grow and label things using words like this is a curtain, a light switch. And we're limiting these things using the construct of words. But for a child who isn't familiar with language yet... It simply is what it is. And for the viewers at home, I want you to look around right now to anything that you see around you and simply forget labeling that. The moment you see something, your mind goes, ah, glass, table, chair. Ignore that. And just simply look and simply see and witness everything that's around you. And it's a very different experience. And later today, you can try the same thing with a person with someone you love don't immediately think of their name but simply witness witness them just look at them see them take everything in and notice how deeply you're able to connect with them thanks for that you're welcome a piece from the next episode you take it one level kinder still right and say okay you did that is it possible that you were going through a situation which uh, where your emotions took over was it a, a moment of weakness were you instigated by someone to do it this is what i would say is the kinder level kevin talks about his newsletter the kind questioner the idea that how reframing questions with a bit of genuine curiosity and kindness opens up a constructive conversation in our next episode of innocence theory